Amen. So, uh, where are you at, John? Now, this is cowbell preaching. So, when he rings the cowbell, that means you got one minute to go. And that minute, I jerk you off. Amen. No, you rang it the second time, last time. Twice, you was time to quit. Twice. I remember that. Amen. All right. Uh, Brother Davis, why don't you come up and kick it off, brother? So, take, uh, take 15 minutes. Man, you won't be able to do a lot of preaching, Dick. I probably got five minutes. Hey, man, 15 minutes. Take about five minutes. All right. We might have to get another one. After you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. They might say you put that on. Yeah. Put that on. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, let I can tell you, Brother Duncan, when I get finished, I won't be anybody in this house is not saved. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> um, if you would, and if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to uh, Luke, let me get my notes. Luke 14. Let's pray. Most precious Lord, we all want to thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight, uh, that you've uh, saved us, that you've given us the opportunity to move forward uh, in your gospel, that you have corrected the wrongs in our lives, that you've made our life worth living, that you've kept us from the world and kept us safe here. Lord, I ask you tonight that these people that are preaching, uh, give them all the grace that you can and help them comfort, put words in their mouth, let them hear mm. the things, and let them know the things that you want them to hear, want them to say. Mm. I want to thank you again for the help that you've given <coughs> all of us, for the help that yes. you've given to people that are sick and people that are not here, that you've helped them further. I want to thank you again for the, the wonderful gospel that you've given us, and again for the opportunity to take our lives to a place that we never have been before. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, this guy struck me. This is another uh, one of the, of the Lord's uh, little messages. Let me get you this. Supper. Now, uh, I'll try to take you're all aware of it, but uh, firstly, um, we want to talk about the supper. There was a point in life where, of course, uh, and they still is, that the Jews were God's chosen people, but there was a demarcation at the one point, and, and this was the advent of the crucifixion of Christ, of course, when all people were brought into the world. And if this parable was actually talking about this, and there's some key little sentences in here that give some things away that you can understand this parable. Uh, I'm still uh, working on this parable. It's some, for some reason, it's continues to interest me. So uh, I'm going to read this parable, and I'm going to come back, and we'll talk about it a little bit, because uh, one of the most important things is, as it's going to be explained in this parable, that the gospel is for all of us. For all people that walk, it's not just for God's chosen people. We are, in fact, as Gentiles, God's chosen people also. 
So um, we want to read that and we want to talk about the state of thinking of the Jews at the time too. So I'm going to read this through. It won't take too long and then we'll go back and then I'll try to preach on that a little bit. God willing. The parable of the great supper. And when one of them, and this is verse 15, uh, Luke 14. And when one of them that sat at me with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And we want to remember that sentence because I want to come back to that. This kind of controlling sentence I call it. Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, and Jesus then started speaking, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. He sent his servants at certain times, saved them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make an excuse. And here's uh, where the the uh, excuses basically gave primarily of the Jews uh, started making excuses not to come to the Lord or come to the Great Supper. We're talking about this man. So we'll go through the excuses. And one said, um, I have bought um, a piece of ground and needs to go see it. I prayed he had an excuse. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I prayed he had an excuse. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his things to his lord, and the master of the house began angry. Being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those things, none of those men which were bidden shall taste the last supper. Now back to this first sentence in verse 15. Blessed is he. This is one of the Jews that were at the supper at the time. And he said, blessed is he that shall eat the bread of the kingdom of God. At this point, all the Jews thought that they were the only ones that would become to the Lord. That would be part of the kingdom of God. They couldn't even consider that other people were approachable, that other people weren't uh, able, other people weren't willing, other people weren't um, going to be uh, able to receive the Lord. So later on, so the, in uh, in Luke, we're going to talk about here. Let me in Luke 17. If you turn over just a page here, and let's talk about the great supper here, the great kingdom uh, that the Lord is talking about. Define it a little bit more in Luke. 17, 20 through 24. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, lo, there, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said to the disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there, go after them, or follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under heaven, and shineth out of the other part of heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. There's not going to be a specific place, as according with the scriptures as I read, that the, that the coming of the Lord will be all. And it's something that one, I'm still trying to think about even in my mind, that 
It's like um, the kingdom of God is within us. It's within all of us. The coming of the Lord is not in Kentucky or Illinois or Jerusalem. It will be all. And um, so uh, invited guests that we were talking about before, and as I mentioned before, the Jews were primarily uh, uh, what is what this uh, parable was for, and the Jews were God's chosen people. Uh, and in, uh, I wanted to talk in Deuteronomy um, 7 and 6, uh, I just want to give an example of in the Old Testament how it describes the Jews as God's chosen people. Because I remember when I first got saved, I had a little trouble with understanding this. One has to be born into Jewry to be a Jew. How am I doing on time? All right. One has to be born into Jewry to be a Jew. You can't just convert. But they have conversion things these days, but I don't understand that. But anyway, um, in Deuteronomy uh, 7 and 6, uh, and I didn't have that first time. It says, and this is the uh, definition of a uh, Jew, uh, Deuteronomy. Pardon me, I'm so slow. Now, it's uh, Deuteronomy 7 and 6. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The reason why I mention that again is that there's a thinking at one point with the, in this parable uh, with the Jews, again, as I said, they felt that, well, they were going to be the only ones that were going to be invited or to the kingdom of God. And that's not so. This is the point when they included. So in the parable, when he got to the place where he started talking about these invited guests, don't forget that the Jews themselves rejected God. And in John 11, 1, it specifically states that, uh, and I'd like to read that to you real quick. I think I'm going to have to get some markers for some of this. I'm not professional preaching this for 32. John 1 and 1. John 1 and 11. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Jesus was Jew, and his own people rejected him. So at this supper, um, all these invitations that were given out, what these were and what these excuses were, was the Jews in their so many ways rejecting the Lord. And they did so in a lot of different ways, when actually the excuses they gave, they had no excuse, because even back in Isaiah 53, and I'm not going to read that for you right now, because I'm afraid I'm running out of time. Uh, there was many scriptures eight, nine hundred years before the advent of the Lord stating that this Messiah was coming and the Jews were very well aware of it. So jump, there was a series of excuses given for these people not to come to the Great Supper or not to come to the Lord. This is what this balance was talking about. And then uh, lastly, if I can get my little nose here cracked it out. Am I doing it? I'm afraid of the bell. This is all people come and just and Peter 
2 and 3 and 9 is an example of God's all-consuming grace. And I'll try to sum this up in just a minute. Uh, page And this is a kind of a lovely little scripture that, that has always uh, uh, meant so much to me. Second uh, Peter 3 and 9. I'm always looking at my parents. Okay. Um, and I love the uh, English in this. And this is about, well, just listen to it. The Lord is not slack, hurting his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. <clears throat> well, what more can be said? So the supper was about this, is the Jews thought that they were going to be the only people at the supper, and then the Lord said clearly, as he invited on the poor, the man, the lamb, the halt, every way that he could describe people that to the Jews were unclean, he invited all people. So in this thing, again, the Lord's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. So the opportunity is clear. That we can accept the gospel has been presented to us a long time ago. Amen. Uh, 2,000 years ago. Right. And with the gospel, uh, the Lord made one thing clear at this uh, dinner. And I want to read that to you real quick. That should you not come to the feast, or not those people that did not want to be at the feast, uh, there was a uh, condition that they would have to receive. I want to read that back to you again. <clears throat> In the very last sentence of, um, of that, last time I had my, I had my notes uh, uh, so confused and it's kind of starting to happen again. Uh, anyway, I remember what it was. In the last particular sentence of the, of the supper, uh, the Lord said for those people that won't come to the supper, and, uh, they literally would go to hell. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so I'll take that cue. <laughs> Do we have time to sum it up? Uh, the supper was about Lord the invitation to us all to come to the gospel and to come freely and for us all. And for, for those uh, that are unwilling and, the, and to come to the gospel, and should they refuse clearly, then that's irreversible. But it's a, it's a happy and it's a freeing thing um, that's, a, that's offered to all of us. That's amen, 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 brother. How'd you come, church? You come? Preach for us. Give them 15 minutes apiece. Lord, ring the bell a minute before, you know, the time to quit. So give them plenty of time. You don't put that on. Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. Turn to Luke 16. Was a good job, Brother Davis. I enjoyed it. Yes. 
I enjoyed it. That's a good job. Yes, sir. Amen. Luke 16, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for giving us another day. Lord, God. I worship you. Thank you, thank you for just letting us come back to your house. Yeah. Thank you for letting me have the privilege to stand behind you and preach. Bless you, Lord. Lord. Use you. Praying as you that you just give me the wisdom, the Lord, that I need. Yeah. Give me the words to speak with. Give, uh, help me to be fluent in what I say, Lord. Praying, praying as you just help us bless people. And thank you and love you for everything you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Luke 16, and we'll start in 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed the crumbs which fell off the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in, came, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip, his, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus, Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into the, this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if they, if they, if one went unto them from the dead, and they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. This is not a parable that we read here. Parables don't use names. And whenever there is a parable, it says Jesus spoke this parable. Right. So we find that this is not a parable. I'd like to preach on today is hell is for real. Mm -hmm. They uh, made a movie a while back. Can't preach on heaven and can't preach on hell. Uh, I heard a preacher say one time, he said, going, not going to heaven, I could stand. But dying and going to hell is which what scares you. Mm -hmm. uh, I was saved Monday, uh, a year ago Monday. I sat back there and... Uh, Brother McGowan was here preaching, and I was sitting there, and I thought I was fine. And God said, you better repent of your sins and get saved, or you're going to die. Amen. Amen. I said, oh, that ain't going to happen. And he said, you get in that car, and I'll make you wreck on the way home, and you're going to die. Hmm. It scared me half to death. And so I came up here, and I was just running through my mind trying to find things that would give me peace, and 
I found out there was going to be no peace in Tyre repenting. Right. Amen. But hell, yes. we got family members dying and going to hell today, and we don't have witness to them, pray for them, or anything. Mm -hmm. well, where, where are they going to get it anywhere else? Yeah. They, they ain't going to get saved if you don't give them the gospel. So my first point is it's a place of torment. Right. In Revelation 20, four, well, right here, I want to say this first. It says right here, in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, yeah. not torment. I never noticed that until I was studying the scripture, that it was torment. Torments. That S adds multiple. It's not just a flame that he was in. He was, it says, uh, where was it? I, well, evidently he was, he was thirsty because he just wanted a little drop. Mm -hmm. He didn't need much. Revelation 20, 14. And 15. It says in 14 and 15, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake. That's what's going to be. Well, if you ain't repenting from your sins and living right and trying to do God's will and just get and you don't get saved, you go on about your merry way and make excuses not to get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. Mm -hmm. And uh, Revelation 2010, 20 verse 10, it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake mm -hmm. of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. You ain't getting out of it. No, sir. Uh, God's not a respecter of persons. We find that in Luke 16, that he's not a respecter of persons. But you might say, right. well, uh, he, he took the, he, he made the rich man die and go to hell, so he might not just like rich men. Well, Solomon was the richest man that ever lived. And he, he had God's grace upon him, but he fell later on. But uh, we, we, that shows right there that God's not a respecter of persons, and neither is hell. Right, right. Hell's not a respecter of persons. It don't matter if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're in between. It don't matter. And so we, we find there that it's uh, not a place of, it's not a respecter of persons. Lost my spot here where I was trying to flip back to it. Help him, dear Lord. Took my bookmark out. <clears throat> Number two, there will be pain. It sounds of pain and anger. Matthew 13, 42 says, And shall cast them into a uh, furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. That gnashing, the word gnashing got on my mind. I couldn't get it off, so I looked it up. It's a grind one's teeth together, typically a sign of anger. If you're in torment, if you're ever in pain, I rolled my ankle and sprained it. It made me mad. I was angry about it. And Gracie thought I was kidding, and I got mad at her too. <laughs> but you're not going to, I think that's one of the torments right there of hell. You're not going yeah, gonna to be angry for one thing that right. you had a chance to right. get right with yes, God. Sir. God yeah. spoke to you and you turned him away. Yeah. All right, sir. The Bible says, uh, unless you all likewise repent, what, how's that go? All, all perish. Yeah, shall all perish. Uh, 
So if you don't repent and get right with God, that's where you're going is to hell. And you might say that's hard. Well, it's the truth. So you can get over it. I don't care. You'll, uh, number three is you will have a memory. In Luke 16, 24 and 30, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read that. And, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and uh, cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Well, for one thing, if there's going to be fire, which most people know that about hell, but I think that's another uh, torment is you have your memory. He remembered Lazarus and he remembered Abraham. And uh, further on down, we find that he remembered his brothers. But the Bible said, uh, uh, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Well, there was one that came from the dead, and they still don't believe him. Right. So, you ain't got to, right. you'll believe what you want to believe. True. And, but there, uh, I was watching this video the other day, and this guy said, do you believe you have two hands? They all rose up, and he said, do you know you have two hands? And they both, both said, yeah. He said, well, which one is it? Do you believe or do you know? He said, they said both. He said, you can't be both. Believe is something that could not be false, that could be false. If you know it to be true, it's not false. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that one rose from the dead and he saved me and I'm going to heaven whenever Amen. I die. Amen. <laughs> yes. And then in Hebrews 4, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Right. You're going to remember that. You're, you're going to remember, I've heard people uh, say it. You're going to be in there and say, why didn't I listen to that old mouth preacher? Why didn't I listen to him? You're going to have a choice in your life that you can get saved or you can turn it away. Yes, sir. But God's not going to make that choice for you. You have to make that choice. Uh, on detective shows and stuff, you have these uh, attorneys, and they come up to the convict. That's why you're convicted, is because you're a convict. You've done these uh, sins. And he said, and they said, well, here's you a deal. You got, and this is Jesus right here. Jesus said, I gave my life. All you have to do is turn from your wicked ways and sins. And turn to me, you got eternal life. But it's sad to say that so many people oh they don't they don't take that deal when stand right in front of them because they can't give up their drinking or their smoking or going out to these clubs or anything else. And it's sad to see people dying and going to hell. And people and here's another thing: people might say, "Well, what? Let someone else pray for them. Let someone else witness to them. Let someone else give them a track." But who else is going to do it? Maybe that other person is saying that too. And I used to think that same way. And so I, God got onto me and I got some tracks and put them in my car. And I gave one to a guy at McDonald's picking up something, picking up some ice cream for Mary of all things. And he, said, and he was so happy that he had that. So, uh, and then in... Matthew, and then number four, it's a broad way down is what we find in Matthew 17, 13 through 15. If you turn there. Matthew 
13 and 15. And it says, Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go, uh, and many there be which go in there. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. If few be there that find it, verse 15 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they have ravening wolves. I wasn't going to use that verse for this. But it's these false prophets, places like Southeast Christian, uh, Catholics, they're giving people a false hope. And they're believing in something that is not there. They don't know it for sure. And people, ain't, like I was saying earlier, you ain't talking to them about getting saved or anything. And they're think, they think they're fine because of these false prophets. Mm -hmm. And they're sending people to hell. That's right. Amen. And uh, we, find, we just read it that the devil, and it said the false prophets will be in hell. Mm -hmm. So those people are just as lost. As the drunk on the street. True. And then Proverbs 16. <laughs> None of this. Yeah, man. I'll finish up here. Read y'all. Well, I know. Oh, it just went blank. Never mind. I'll turn to it. Proverbs 1625. Oh, right here. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, that's something else. People think they're doing the right thing, but we find that that rich man, he he might have been a good guy, but evidently he wasn't too good of a guy because he didn't give Lazarus any bread. But there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Uh, people think they're doing good, that they're all fine and dandy, but in reality, they're not. They're as lost as can be. True. And they're constantly searching for things to uh, give them peace, but they can't find it. It's not there. Because their faith and hope is not in God. Mm -hmm. So, that's all I got. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that good? <laughs> Bless the Lord. Let's all stand. That was a good preacher. Mm -hmm. I hear preachers all the time don't do that good pastor in church. I really do. So that's good. I believe God's hands upon Isaac. I do. I've believed that for quite some time. I started discipling him to be a preacher when he was a baby. He was about three years old. So I've been working on it for a long time. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for another time, God, that we can hear the word, bless the word of truth, preach. And thank you for Isaac. Thank you for using him tonight, Lord, and, him, and enable him to give us some things that will help us, oh God. And we bless you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.